The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome out there to all of you intentional spirits. And thank you so much for sharing these shows with your friends and your family members. Because like myself, you all dream to be part of a changing world by also reaching people whose world isn't changing. We, we love the fact of our philosophy and the way that we're able to impact individual lives. On the other hand, we love building bridges throughout the world and, and connecting at a level that people can understand us and make a connection. And I'm really thrilled today that uh, my guest is Brent Hunter. He has his fourth edition of the book, The Rainbow Bridge, Bridge to Inner Peace, and to world peace. Welcome to our show today, Brent. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you, Temple. It's great to be here. Well, I just, um, I love so much uh, the deepening of your of your commitment um, to the world at large. You know, there's so many people, even the people that are listening today, that to some people, um, you know, they have this, uh, I don't know what it is, like a a sense of separation, like I'm just here to, you know, get my car and get my house and, you know, have a few kids and just try not to make a whole lot of trouble for anybody. And and other than that, I don't, I don't really see that I have any responsibility to anything. I'm just here and then I'm going to be gone and in between then I'm just going to, you know, do whatever. Uh, what I love is that you are more of a difference maker in that way and like myself, uh, you know that we are part of co-creation, that indeed it is our responsibility to be part of bringing changes, not just in an ethereal way or in some kind of bumper sticker truth, but literally to do that. How did you have that shift? Because here you are, you are an IT guru. Um, you have 400,000 plus followers on Twitter. You could just sit back with your mimosa on a late afternoon there in California. <laughs> so how did you make the shift? Because I want to help people identify with the shift being necessary for so many, because it's going to take many of us to create this bridge. So other than being successful Hi, I can just ride out my life. I have a beautiful wife. I have a beautiful career. What happened with you that said, you know, this is mine to do? That's a really great question, Temple. Um, I, I, I think at the root of it is that, you know, I had some awakening and re- awakening experiences and, and profound realizations. And um, when this body of knowledge of the Rainbow Bridge started to come through, um, they're kind of, I consider them kind of like downloads, right? They're downloads of information. Um, this is really profound information. This is the, uh, the common ground in the world's major wisdom traditions, and these are universal principles. This, this uh, gives us another language to use to help navigate through these, these, uh, these rough times. So 
I think at the root of it is the recognition that this information um, that's in the Rainbow Bridge, this isn't my information. This is information that was given to me, and, and that was a tremendous blessing. And I feel that it's my responsibility to share this information with other people. And does it take time and energy? Um, yes, it does. But I, I, just, I just feel that it's so important, and I feel that it's one of the reasons why I'm here, is, is to do everything within my power to share this information and to grow this body of knowledge um, over the years as well, because <clears throat> as you know, uh, the first edition came out in 2001, and uh, so earlier this year, you know, I, I published the fourth edition, and every time I publish a new edition, uh, it gets expanded, and new information comes through, and I document, and uh, so it's very exciting, and it's, it's really exciting to be part of this kind of process of, of co-creating. And as you said, it's going to take many, many people to build this this bridge. And uh, so I'm trying to do my part at sharing the vision, sharing how we can get there, creating this 14-point roadmap to world peace, and, and just kind of like, you know, doing everything I can to, to keep the vision alive and to continue uh, have it, having it move forward. And did you in 2001, Brent, did you say uh, yes right away? I mean, you're, you're, you know, having these experiences, these awakenings, did you go, wow, I've been really excited and, and waiting on this opportunity. Were you able to embody it right away of it was yours to do, or did you go through a picking up, putting down process? Yeah, actually, um, what happened was um, during the period of time uh, from 1994 until 2001 when I was running this, this Internet business called The Park, um, I was running into many, many different challenges um, just huge, huge challenges that were very, very difficult. And it was during that period of time that I was just drawing upon all of the knowledge and information that I had um, from growing up, uh, you know, in, in a multi-religious and multicultural family. I was taking all these notes. I didn't, you know, it just felt like I was taking the notes for, for me to help me get through those rough times. Um, at about the time that I shut down the operation in 2001, um, so actually sometime shortly before that, uh, I was sitting and I was meditating and I had all these notes in front of me. And that was one of the realizations that I had was um, in a meditation, it just kind of was revealed to me that these notes are not just notes for me. These are very, very profound uh, notes and, and information that, that really need to be shared. And so at that point, um, my my chief aim was to um, create the, the absolute smallest possible book and uh, illuminate this, this, this common ground in the world's major uh, religions. And so it, it was pretty clear right from the start that this is really important and this is one of the things that I'm, I was here to do, and that I am here to do. And so um, I had no idea how long it would take. I still have no idea how long it will take. I just know that uh, this is very sacred information that's, that's been kind of given to me and others. It's, uh, that's part of the exciting story here of the Rainbow Bridge is that there's, a, there's this concept of the Rainbow Bridge that's literally springing up all over the world spontaneously. So it's just very exciting um, to be on this journey. Well, I... I, I'm just saying, too, for, for those of you that are that are listening, The Rainbow Bridge by Brent Hunter. Um, a lot of times now people want books with quotes um, that exist in the book. Um, they want to make a world connection. There are physical rainbow bridges worldwide for which you can read about all over the world. There are uh, tools which you can use. Um, there are insights and little teaching moments for those of you that are orators or speakers or are ministers or leaders. Um, it's just one of those books that has kind of like a, a one-size-fits-all, Brent. You've done an excellent job. And as I told Thank you, you when uh, uh, the executive producer uh, set this show up, I went, um, and oh my gosh, you even got an endorsement from the Dalai Lama. I mean, so uh, it's your time. Good for you. It's the, uh, the 14 concepts with the Rainbow Bridge, and you have um, an endorsement by His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama. I don't think that's an accident, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> so... Um, what does it 
take. I'm, I'm sure that people are going, what's the difference between a first edition and a fourth edition? Does that mean that you've sold so many copies and then you go back for a reprint and you have the opportunity then to add another uh, teaching or explain the difference because I'm sure that some people are curious or do they need all four editions? What does that look like? Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you, Temple. Um, the, the very first edition, which I now call the collector's edition, um, as I mentioned a couple minutes ago, was, was uh, my, my chief aim there was to produce the, the absolute smallest possible book. And so it was literally a very small physical book. It was about three inches wide and about maybe three and a half inches wide and five inches tall, the kind that you could put in your, your front shirt pocket type of thing. And um, I was getting lots of um, really amazing feedback from people, a lot of people that said that they put it on their nightstand and they would read it before they went to bed and they would be inspired and they would sleep better and, and that sort of thing. And so that, of course, inspired me to say, okay, well, um, now I'm going to do the second edition. So I did the second edition, and basically the second edition was um, uh, – it, it took the foundation of the universal principles and just kept building on them um, because people would ask some questions too, like, well, how do I, how do I you know, if, if there's 60 universal principles, how do I know how to balance between this and that? And, and um, so there was just various concepts that were, that were added along the way. And uh, you don't need to have all of them. If you get the latest copy, you'll basically have all of the wisdom that's contained in all the previous editions. So the fourth edition represents the most comprehensive um, view of this body of knowledge called the Rainbow Bridge. And so there's a lot of new information. And as, as you mentioned a few minutes ago about the physical Rainbow Bridge, sto- um, the physical Rainbow Bridge, the physical Rainbow Bridges that are sprouting up around the world, but there's also Rainbow Bridge stores, there's hotels, there's references um, uh, to, to various Hollywood movies. Michael Jackson actually uh, had the Rainbow Bridge in, in one of his famous music videos. Jimi Hendrix has something called the Rainbow Bridge. And so part of the goal of this, uh, this book, the Rainbow Bridge, is to explain not only what the universal principles are, but to show how this Rainbow Bridge concept is um, deeply rooted and sort of coming from within the heart of humanity and kind of documenting that and sharing that information with people. So that's in there. Every new edition has more information about that. Um, and then there's just notes that I had. I just call them notes, like notes uh, on the importance of, of focusing on common ground, notes on faith, notes on change and death and rebirth and life, uh, the importance of introspection. There's a whole bunch of different um, things in there. So it's um, to, to, to give you a shorter answer, uh, all you need to have is the fourth edition, and you'll have all the wisdom of uh, all the, private, uh, the previous editions. Well, um, Brent, you you have you were featured in 2014 the bronze medal for for world peace, which would be a strong indicator from the Living Now Book Awards that you have some wisdom in here that that we all could really benefit from. Could you, through the course of this show, give us? Some the idea, the goal, the intention, since we are intentional spirits on this show, and then lead us into a place of some practical application. Sure. What is it that we? What is it that we really want to start focusing on in our human suits as far as creating uh, this bridge? Sure. Sure. So. Um, what I cover in the Rainbow Bridge Temple is, is how uh, this is a bridge to inner peace. The Rainbow Bridge is this bridge to inner peace, and it's also a bridge to world peace. But any conversation about world peace really would be, would be incomplete unless we, the very first thing we start talking about is inner peace. That's really, really important. So inner peace always comes first. And um, so the Rainbow Bridge gives um, various tools uh, that, that we can use to help guide us towards uh, a, a greater sense of peace and harmony and tranquility 
within our own hearts and minds. And that's really, really important. So there's a variety of different meditation techniques. In fact, I kind of just talk a little bit about meditation and prayer, uh, the importance of practice, and, and give a number of different um, meditations that people can, can use. Now, th- these are just a small number of, of meditations, of course, um, in the greater uh, body of, of meditations that one can practice. And so um, these are just some ideas. If people already have some kind of meditation practice, that's great. That's really important. Um, if people don't have a meditation practice, uh, the first thing I'd like to share there is that sometimes people think about meditation and they think, oh, you, you have to be sitting with your legs crossed, you have to have your hands you know, facing up on your knees. And Well, that's, that's one way of meditating, but that's, so you certainly don't need to do that. Um, one thing that we can that we can all do is to just sit down and sit in a comfortable place and just start breathing. You know, close our eyes and just breathe, and uh, just take some time out of the day to get in contact with um, our physical selves. You know, just kind of maybe honing in on our breath or or, or honing in on our uh, our heartbeat and just just really coming. Uh, in contact with who we are and um, feeling that stillness and the silence within ourselves. That's, that's really, really important. And, and the Rainbow Bridge, um, I, I show how we can do this with a variety of meditation techniques. And then, of course, throughout uh, the rest of the, the first part of the book, uh, I talk about the universal principles. And the universal principles, there are 60 of them. And uh, as I say, these are found within all the world's major wisdom traditions, and um, they uh, they give us a a common language that we can use and a common way of of experiencing life. And I, I think maybe that's a different conversation for an, for for another time. But the use of the universal principles in our own lives. Uh, is really, really profound. So by using the universal principles and by using the, the uh, guidance that's within the Rainbow Bridge, because it's not, it's not really a how-to book, everybody's different. So it's not anywhere near as simple as, oh, just read this book and follow it and you'll be fine. There, each person has to kind of balance all of these different principles. And at certain times in our lives, certain things will become sort of move into the foreground, some things will move into the background, um, some things will become, you know, have a higher priority at different times, and that's, just, that's why a book like The Rainbow Bridge is, is uh, actually pretty difficult to, to write. Um, but that's really important, and that's where, again, the whole concept of introspection and pondering what's going on in your life and just sitting and thinking is, is just really, really important. So... Um, so, so that's kind of like the first part of the book. Did you want me to go into the second part of the book where we talk about world peace? Because there's a, there's a huge uh, amount of information to talk about. There I as absolutely well. do. I absolutely do. And we're gonna we're gonna hold that sense of enlightenment until we come back from our break. I want to thank all of you that are listening to our show today. I'm talking with Brent. Hunter, who's created the fourth edition of the Rainbow Bridge, a bridge to inner peace and to world peace. You can go to his website at hunter.tv. want to thank all of you that join us on unitycampus.org and also that continue to support Unity Online Radio through your contributions and through your promotions. It's because of you that we are featured all over the world. And by far, we are known as being a voice that helps support a changing world. We'll be right back after this short break. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Wellness expert, Dr. Michelle Robin, Unhealthy Living. In the game of wellness, there's some basic habits that you need to embrace in order to live a well life. 
In her book, Wellness on a Shoestring, Robin shows you that complete wellness of body, mind, and spirit doesn't have to cost a fortune. Client Eddie Penrice turned his health around with Dr. Robin's Seven Habits for a Healthy Life. I've got to say my body just embraced the change. Besides feeling better, looking better, thinking more clearly. Many of Robin's seven habits for a healthy life are simple and free. She offers tips and shares real stories from clients like Eddie, who've incorporated the habits into their lives and seen the results. You can make this change by being convicted that you will do it, that you don't need anyone else's assistance or help to do it. Make this the year you get healthy. Discover a low-cost, attainable path to feeling better than ever. Order wellness on a shoestring today at www.shopunity.org. The benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, Every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. And I'm talking today with Brent Hunter. He is the author of The Rainbow Bridge in its fourth edition, endorsed not only by the Dalai Lama, but also the very popular Neil Donna Walsh. So, Brent, uh, we are talking about uh, this continuation of how to how to build a bridge. And uh, you were in St. Petersburg uh, almost a year ago, and I've totally redone my office since you were here. But um, mm-hmm. you may not be aware of it, but interestingly enough, an entire wall is an image of a, a rope bridge leading to a thriving tree. And I, wow. I just, uh, yeah, I know. Talk about uh, synchronicity. When you really think about life and, and part of our co-responsibility to this planet, uh, that's really the value for all of us to, to bring to any conversation or any relationship or any way in being an entrepreneur, that's kind of the question we, we ask ourselves, what am I doing to build the bridge? You know, mm-hmm. because I, mm-hmm. I concur with you. I'm, I'm not here to fix uh, people uh, or to uh, necessarily bring the magic that would make it all go away because then I'm thinking I'm doing it, and that's a whole different uh, radio show. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, mm-hmm. we are, we are the, the bridge makers, and that's really what our what our goal is, and it's a uh, it's just really a beautiful thing what what you're doing, uh, which is why I, I love having you on the show because you're you're so about the work, um, uh, as am I. I'm just about the work, uh, not about me, because if I was just about me, I would um, just sit at home and enjoy my uh, luxurious life and be with my partner. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm about the work and um and, and you're about the work and uh you know sometimes people out there that see people like you very passionately they go wow you know yeah those people they're they're just about themselves well if they were they would just sit and um just enjoy not mm-hmm. spend this time doing that so you're talking about world issues you have a a quote in your book by uh, Al Gore, uh, Al Gore being another one of those people that, you know, has decided that he too could just um, retire and do nothing, but he's committed to supporting and helping us out. So what Very are, true. I know, I just value him so much. What, what are some of the things that you 
that you hold near and dear that you feel are the bridges for world peace or for the world period? Sure, sure, Temple. So I think, um, so I started before saying really any, any conversation about world peace has to start with inner peace. And, and so we talked about that a little bit, and we can talk more uh, later as well. Um, so once we're, we, we, each one of us has, has a, a responsibility to kind of go deep within ourselves to figure out who we are um, and to um, move through any kind of issues that are standing in, in our own way of having our own peace and happiness in our, in our lives. Um, but we also live in a completely interconnected world. <clears throat> and the world, as we know, uh, there are vast numbers of people um, you know, there's uh, roughly half of the people in the world are struggling to survive on less than $2 a day. That's just crazy. Um, even if you're taking into consideration differences uh, in currency systems and barter and trade agreements, there's something very seriously wrong uh, with the distribution of, of, um, of resources in the world when you have that. And because it's completely interconnected, we're all affected by that. And so we have all these stresses and strains and pressures in our life. So it's important to focus within and to do our own homework and, and to um, come to a sense of peace and tranquility within ourselves, uh, to practice that every day because it is and it does require practice. Um, but then, then there's the recognition that the world uh, that we live in really needs to change. And uh, as it changes there's going to be less stress and less pressure on all of us. You know, the, that saying that the, a, a rising tide lifts all boats, that's really true. And so in terms, of, um, in terms of the Rainbow Bridge and in terms of creating this bridge to the future, one of the first things that I think is really, really profound to, to think about is that um, we, we live in this world. It's, it's a completely interconnected world. We're all interdependent on one another like never before, and yet we do not have a smoothly functioning global operating system. Now, what's a, what, is an, a, what is a global operating system? Well, if we, because I'm, I'm an IT person, um, I tend to think, of course, uh, of things in, in IT terms and system terms. And so computers... All computers, they, they have an operating system. And whether it's, uh, you know, your, your PC or you have a Macintosh or you have a, a Unix machine or mainframe or whatever, each one of those computers has an operating system. And the purpose of the operating system is to ensure the equitable distribution of resources of the computer so that various programs can be running at the same time um, uh, equitably sharing the resources. If you did not have a global operating system in a computer, then any one program could come along and suddenly start sucking up all the CPU power, all the memory, all the hard drive capacity, all the peripherals, etc. So the, it's, it's the operating system that runs at the global level of the computer that uh, efficiently and fairly distributes the resources of the computer. So that's the concept to really um, be aware of. Is we all know that that's how computers operate, and that's really important. Um, the world that we live in, because we do not have a smoothly functioning global operating system, it is possible for any kind of quote-unquote program to come along and start sucking up the resources of the planet, whether the resources are oil or water or minerals or whatever it happens to be. So to me, this is extremely important because when you recognize that the world doesn't have an operating system, a smoothly functioning global operating system, then all of the problems that we have, they actually make sense. You know, the violence, the, the poverty, the crime, um, all of those things are side effects and, and a, a result of not actually having a smoothly functioning global operating system. Now, we don't need to know how we're going to create, or we don't need to know all of the details about how we're going to go about creating this global operating system in order for us to recognize the need for this operating system. If we just start by recognizing, wow, that's true, I never heard that before. Yeah, we do need a global op. Well, wow, that's the first step. 
And unfortunately, sometimes people think, instead of saying, yeah, we do need that, they immediately go like five steps ahead and say, oh, how are we going to do that? And then when they don't, when they don't have an answer or an answer that makes any sense, um, then they say, oh, that's a bad idea. Ah, we don't need no operating system. You know? So th- this is really, really important. Now, the, there's a section in the Rainbow Bridge of uh, a good uh, a large amount of information, actually, about how we can go about creating this smoothly functioning global operating system. And I, I talk about a number of, uh, of things and, um, in different sections of the, the back part of the Rainbow Bridge, and then I summarize everything in the 14-point roadmap to world peace. Now, this is, this is a roadmap. This is not something that lays out all of the answers that anybody could ever have. Um, it's basically, you know, I don't have all of the answers, but what I have here is a roadmap. And what we have is a roadmap that can help guide us towards creating a better world, towards creating this bridge that we can navigate in time together. And so I think this is, this is very, very important. So um, if you would like, Temple, I can then start going through uh, and, and um, just sort of touching on some of the 14 points in the Roadmap to World Peace. I would, I would love that. Thank you. Yes, please, please do. give us your wisdom. We are ready. <laughs> we <Okay>. are ready. <laughs> take, it, take it on. Okay, thank you. So the very first, and by the way, these are not necessarily in any particular order, um, but the first point is a very important one, and that is, as I mentioned before, I don't have all the answers, um, but the world has the answers. So the first point in the Roadmap to World Peace is to create a team of people to come together guided by this roadmap and guided by the use of universal principles, which are truly universal and totally global. So creating a world-class team, and as I envision it, this team would, uh, it would be consisting of, of re- regular, everyday people who are interested and passionate about helping to create a, a better world. It would include Nobel laureates, uh, philanthropists, leading universities, um, luminaries, uh, a, a whole variety of, uh, of different people and organizations um, really need to come together to, to ponder this concept of a, uh, a global operating system and, and how we can create a better world that works for the vast majority of people as opposed to the, the other way around, which unfortunately the, the world uh, is kind of like that today. So the first uh, of the 14 points is to create this world-class team. Now the second point is a very, very important one, and it involves modernizing and restructuring the United Nations. Now, I've noticed that there's lots of misunderstanding about the United Nations. There's lots of fear about the United Nations, certainly here in the U.S., Um, but mostly a lot of, of misunderstanding. So I believe the United Nations represents one of the best if not the best, attempt of humanity to create a smoothly functioning global operating system. Yes. And yet at the same time, you know, I mean, it's, it's really quite an amazing operation. And at the same time, it is also very, very clear that it needs to be restructured. There are issues that need to be resolved. It is far from perfect. Um, but just like any um, good computer system, if, if, it's, if it has um, some useful purpose, we shouldn't be throwing it away. We should be figuring out how do we make it better. And so fortunately, there are a few things that can be done with the United Nations that um, when they're done would produce a very significant um, upgrade in the system. And that uh, first step really involves restructuring the nature of the UN Security Council and how it reports into um, or, uh, how, it, how it exists with the um, UN General Assembly. And what I'm talking about is the Security Council is the main decision-making body at the UN, and it consists of five permanent members. There's some other members as well, but every one of those five have the ability to veto anything. So all it requires is one country to say no to something, and then everything stops in the Security Council, Um, whereas the General Assembly uh, 
is, uh, you know, consists of all of the different representatives of all of the member countries. So this Security Council re really needs to be reporting into the General Assembly. Right now it's the other way around. The General Assembly is kind of reporting into the Security Council because the Security Council is the one that makes the decisions. That needs to be reversed. The Security Council needs to be subordinated to the General Assembly. This is really, really important. Now, Albert Einstein, shortly after the UN was created, actually wrote uh, to the UN and, and pointed out this, this very significant uh, um, kind of flaw in the way that the system works, the, the way the UN works. So th this is very important. Now, the good news is that many people recognize that the, the structure of the UN today is basically the same as, as it was right after World War II. Can you imagine not upgrading a, a computer system in, a, in any kind of really significant way for, you know, for decades? Um, so we have a real opportunity uh, to change the UN by subordinating the Security Council to the General Assembly. Another um, major point that can be done in the UN is to create what some people are calling the People's Assembly. Um, and what this is, is that this is a new body within the UN which would consist of the voice of the people. The voice of the people. It's very important because right now, at regular, average, everyday people don't have a voice at the UN. We only, the, the governments have their representatives that go to the UN. Um, everyday, regular people don't have a voice. And we can create such a voice by creating, uh, just like there's a UN General Assembly, we can create a UN People's Assembly. But whatever it's called, it, it, it's a structural change at the UN which would produce very significant positive benefits. Um, and again, the, the need for change at the UN is widely recognized. These are, this, uh, what I'm pointing out here are things that many people may not know about, but the folks at the UN and people that, that know about the UN recognize these kind of need for change, so much so that recently a change management team was put in place at the UN to, to identify and implement various kinds of changes. So um, working with the UN change management team would be very important to help make some of these significant shifts taking place uh, to, to make them happen. So these changes that I'm mentioning here at the United Nations are, are absolutely critical because it represents kind of like what the existing world uh, order is. But as, it, as it, the UN exists today, it's based on what the world looked like right after World War II. So that, you know, it's pretty obvious that we need to have major change. So that's the second point of the 14-point roadmap. Um, and uh, some of these take a lot more, you know, talking in terms of going through some of the details. Um, the real biggie is what I just talked about in terms of restructuring the UN. The, um, so I'm just going to touch on some of these other ones. The, the third point in the Roadmap to World Peace is um, empowering and promoting efforts that are designed to create a global commons. Um, this is also known as a, glo uh, a global Marshall Plan, and you mentioned Al Gore earlier. Al Gore was one of the first people to mention the need for a, a, a global Marshall Plan. Um, some people don't like this term, but what this represents is that um, right uh, around World War II, um, the pieces of war, I mean, all of the, the various fragments of, of war, everything was helped along by the Marshall Plan. At the time, they called it the Marshall Plan. It was based on um, uh, a politician here in, in the U.S. who set about, and they said, let's give Europe a whole lot of money. Let's let them decide how they're going to use it. Let, let them decide amongst themselves how they're going to use this money to rebuild. So we help them rebuild. And it's, um, there's some debate about this, but large numbers of people believe that it was the Marshall Plan that helped stabilize Europe in a very, very significant way after World War II. And so the concept of a Marshall Plan, when applied at the global level, that's why they call it the Global Marshall Plan. Um, there's also 
uh, a number of, of people that are looking at how to, how to create a commons-based economy um, using this concept. And I think this, this, this is a very, very important um, area for us to be looking at, for us to be supporting, uh, for, uh, and, and for people to learn more about this, because the, the way the economy in the world works today, it's strictly based on just making money. And um, I believe that the, the businesses of the future and the economy of the future uh, is going to be structured in a different way, and I think this global commons plan, a global Marshall plan, and a commons-based economy will take us a long way towards creating a system that is much more fair and equitable, and ultimately, which would lead to greater and greater amounts of abundance. Um, and time will will uh, only time, you know, will tell to see how that all happens. But it won't just happen if we just twiddle our thumbs and, and just wish for, you know, peace to happen. It's very important to pray for peace, but there are specific things that we can do. We can intentionally think and we can intentionally focus our mind on what we want to create. And then we can become vigilant of thoughts and ideas and concepts which are given to us. And, and, and this is, you know, very much in alignment with what your, your show is called, The Intentional Spirit. Um, we are spirits, you know, we are, um, uh, we have the ability of being intentional in every single thing that we do. And so these 14 points in the roadmap give us this incredible opportunity to think and ponder and be intentional in every single aspect. So I love, I love the energy of your, of your passion, Brent, and, and what I love about it is that it absolutely makes perfect sense. I'm talking today with Brent Hunter, who has ideas and significant processes and ways of being which will lead us to a new time in a new way. Uh, which so many of us are ready for. You can go to BrentHunter.tv. You can visit us on UnityCampus.org, or you can uh, check me out at TempleHaze.com. We'll be right back following this short break. state of change, a period of transition? Perhaps you simply don't know which way to turn, or you want guidance on taking that next step in your personal or professional life. You can activate the power of yes with Reverend Beverly Melander. As a new thought minister and next step counselor, she knows how to listen to where you are and help you get to where you want to be. With 20 plus years of experience, she offers spiritual counseling and affirmative prayer next step counseling for your personal or professional life, as well as resume writing and editing. To learn more about Beverly's counseling services, visit beverlymelander.net. That's Beverly, M-O-L-A-N-D-E-R.net. We now return to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. Uh, we're having a, a, a beautiful, enlightening conversation today. Those of you that are just coming on board with us, with uh, Brent, Brent Hunter, uh, author of the fourth edition of The Rainbow Bridge, so, Brent, you were giving us uh, three of three ideas that uh, would make a huge difference, and I love what you said. And I also love the part in your book where you talk about how many people actually thought that our Earth was flat, and mm. you know, so many people were so clear about their need to be right that you know they just couldn't look any further than that. And yet, there are people that still believe, even though we've had the photos made of the earth and we know it's not flat, that are very adamant that it's flat. So, <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, I, I really enjoy your wisdom and your, your common sense moments, uh, because 
that is one of the probably the largest issues that we have. And we're very in, inv- innovative in our society about certain things. I mean, otherwise we would still be on horses and not planes. But it's very interesting yep. how in some ways we just are still doing things the way we've always done them time and time and time again. And so I I love what you're saying that certain ways that we're doing things, uh, you know, date back to World War II. It's definitely time for a change if we want different. Yes, absolutely. I, and, uh, absolutely, Temple, yeah. Um, and tell us and about so, step four. What, what, what was your idea of um, world change? Uh, because you give 14 points. Yes, yes. So I'm just going to very quickly go through um, a few more of these. Um, And if anyone would like to read about them in more detail, of course, they can get a copy of the Rainbow Bridge. The the fourth point – I'm sorry? Absolutely, (laughs) yeah. Okay, thank you. Go for it. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, so the the fourth point is um, exploring this concept of a jubilee. Um, a carefully planned global jubilee. Now, for those who don't know what a jubilee is, this is something that's been implemented throughout history to eliminate debt, basically to start a new game is how I, I like to call it. It basically is like imagine playing a Monopoly game to the point where the person that has all the houses and the hotels is just winning and winning and winning, and everybody else is just sitting there feeling bad because there's no way they can possibly even catch up at that point. It's like starting a new game, right? So, um, but this this would involve a carefully planned global jubilee that would be, would, would would create a new equitable uh, period of, of of peace and harmony worldwide. The fifth point is um, the the whole concept of. Uh, departments of peace. We have departments of defense, and we need to have departments of peace. Why do we need to have that? Because whatever we focus our mind on and our attention on is what will manifest. So if we have in our governments around the world departments of defense which are focusing on war and defending ourselves, and we don't have something that of, of equal stature that will provide balance um, to create programs that specifically focus on peace and collaboration and cooperation, then we're always going to be an imbalanced world. So this whole concept of departments of peace, and some countries are called ministries of peace, this is very important. And so uh, focusing on this and um, uh, helping uh, countries that do not have these departments of peace um, implement them would be very important. The sixth point is the concept of a gross national happiness um, or a happiness index. Now, sometimes people, they laugh when I explain this or when they hear about this concept, and then I explain that, um, you know, everybody wants to be happy in this world. That's what we want. We want to be, be happy, right? So if we don't have some way of measuring our happiness in some kind of way, then how are we going to ever get there? You know, we know this in the business world. Whatever we measure is what we can improve. If we don't measure something, that's not going to improve very much. So this concept of a gross national happiness uh, or a happiness index is very, very important. Um, that's the sixth point. The seventh point is, uh, is an inner health program, as I've mentioned a few times. Uh, any plan for world peace must have um, at, at its very foundation uh, in a deep appreciation for the importance of, of inner peace. Every single person um, can do that in our, in our own lives. And then at the, the eighth point has to do with nuclear weapons. Uh, they really need to be completely eliminated, like zero, zero nuclear weapons. Uh, they're just too dangerous, far too powerful, and we, we don't have enough security and stability in the world uh, to, to, to effectively safeguard against uh, these terrible weapons. Uh, it, that something terrible could happen in an accident or, you know, the wrong the materials get um, in the wrong hands of the wrong person. You know, it's just, it, it's mad the way things are right now. So the eighth point, um, nuclear weapons need to uh, be eliminated. Number nine has to do with upgrading the way we conduct business. This is very important. Um, 
the whole concept of social responsibility in business or corporate social responsibility and recognizing that um, business really sh- has a lot more to do with just the financial bottom line. There's other bottom lines, like how are we treating our employees? How are, how are we treating our customers? How are we treating our strategic partners? And what about the people that, we, um, that live in the communities that we serve? And, and so fortunately, there's tremendous progress around the world about um, modifying the way that we conduct business, and we uh, need to continue to move that uh, more and more in, in, in a positive direction. Hybrid business models are, are very important. There's more and more of them that are popping up. Um, and and uh, by focusing on these and learning from one another, we can, we can uh, not only create a better world, but the businesses of the future, I'm quite, quite confident, are only going to be socially responsible businesses. Um, and, uh, you know, as more and more people around the world demand that to be so. And then there's the uh, point number 10, which has to do with our environment and the global climate crisis. This is a huge thing that, um, th- that every single one of us face. We must do something about this. And, and by the way, I, I want to address the whole notion that sometimes we can feel overwhelmed. We might think, oh, my God, like there's all these huge, incredible crises. How are we going to do this? Well, one thing to keep in mind is that when all of these huge crises are happening all at the same time spontaneously um, and simultaneously, rather, they're all happening at the same time for a reason. There's an opportunity of unprecedented proportions that, that we have now. We have the ability to come together like never before to really make a difference. And um, by uh, addressing the global climate crisis uh, is, is one way that, that we can do this. Now, different people may resonate with different aspects of what's in the Rainbow Bridge or what's in the Roadmap to World Peace, and I think to the extent that, that uh, people would like to contribute in some way, just pick one of the 14 points that resonate most closely with you, and, and uh, you know, we, we welcome your participation. So that was, that was the 10th. Very briefly, the 11th has to do with um, efforts to, to help research and produce clean, renewable energy. Uh, the uh, petroleum-based energy uh, is certainly not the energy of the future. And again, we need to put our time and attention and intention uh, towards creating new forms of energy. There's point number 12, which is a real exciting one, and it has to do with creating an international Magna Carta. If we're talking about a, a smoothly functioning global operating system, you know, various democracies around the world um, have spelled out the need for human rights and rights in general. And so uh, the, the, mag, the concept of the Magna Carta, when applied at the global level, to ensure that everybody actually has um, th- their rights clearly spelled out, is very, very important. Point 13 deals with the concept that I'm calling the global dialogues which is a way of utilizing technology and social networking um, to, to have conversations, dialogues, and diplomacy, not only online, but also in the real world. So this is another element that can help bring us all together uh, to talk about and then um, take action, collective action, on the, the, uh, the world that we wish to create. And then finally, the, fourth, the 14th point is a world citizenship program. Um, We're all world citizens. We're all global citizens, whether we realize it or not or whether we like it or not. Um, And being a world citizen does not mean that we're also not a citizen of our own country. Um, And the example that I like to use is that I I live in in L.A., and so I consider myself, you know, somebody... Um, a, a Los Angelian, right, or ho- however you want to say that. But I'm also a Californian. I can be both those at the same time, and I can also be uh, a U.S. citizen at the same time I'm a Californian. And similarly, I can also be a global citizen at the same time that I'm a citizen of the U.S. And so this, um, this concept of, of world citizenship, I think, is very, very important um, 
because if we're creating a global operating system, we really need to be looking at ourselves as stewards of the Earth, citizens of the Earth. So that's a summary of the 14-point roadmap to world peace. I think we do, we need to definitely package these 14 ideas in a DVD and a CD so that we can all just go back and listen to them on occasion, make them part of our vision board, make them part of our our goals and our intention because they're they're absolutely they're absolutely brilliant. I love uh, what you said, Brent. There, and in one of your parts, uh, to one is when we talk about inner peace. If you're if you're listening to that that idea today and go, you know, well, that's real nice. Um, get the book, uh, understand it, walk with exactly what's being said. Okay, because um, we really need um, we need more people to understand uh, there are many ways to go about inner peace other than some kind of foreign idea, which seems too far to grasp. If you say, how can I do that with six children and a job and uh, being an entrepreneur? (laughs) So my 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 knowing uh, for all of you that are listening today is that you'll 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 take the time. Um, you'll make the investment to to look at these concepts that with just a little bit of effort, all of us putting our intention forward and doing our 10%, that it can give us a tremendous benefit. Go to BrentHunter.tv or TheRainbowBridge.org. Is it TheRainbowBridge.org, Brent, or RainbowBridge.org? Yes, it is. Yes, good question. It's therainbowbridge.org or brenthunter.tv, either one. And I want to thank you so much for um, your wisdom, for being on our show, and more importantly, for being a world-changing, intentional spirit. God bless you on your work and your continuing impact you're making on the world. And may all of us out there in the world have as many Twitter followers as you do, I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Temple. God bless you, my friend. Keep doing what you're doing and blessing us, okay? Thank you so much. Always a pleasure spending time with you. You too, my friend. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. There is peace, there is quiet. Reverend Paulette's mantra is, it's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time with an energy that will captivate you. Touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Reverend Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the stillness.
Inspiration only takes a moment. If you are able to safely turn your attention away from the demands of your activities, quiet your mind and affirm. There is a divine plan at work in my life. I now relax, let go, and let it unfold. Listen attentively, inwardly, without projecting any thoughts about what you think should happen or be experienced. Become as a child, trusting and receptive to the guidance of spirit within. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts. 